Rickley and Murata. Social Studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. Nine o'clock, time for some social studies. Do your thing, Sarah Cazell. <laughs> Do your thing, girl. <laughs> Drop it, though. Yeah, white chocolate, <laughs> baby. <laughs> oh, welcome into social studies. Every single day at nine o'clock here on Bickley Murata Mornings, we turn to our Twitter account at Bickley underscore Murata. We hope you are following along, having fun with us on Twitter as well. Uh, and that is where I pull my favorite answers to Jarrett Carlin's questions. So let's dive into them. The Cardinals, as we have established, play their final preseason game tomorrow. They're at the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. So let's start out with this open-ended question. What are you guys going to be watching for in this final preseason game? Health aside, obviously you want everyone to be healthy, everyone to be upright. But aside from that, what are you going to keep an eye on? Probably, uh, I'll go Super Bowl strategy. I'm going to watch for the commercials. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. I would just say, um, just... I don't even know who's playing. First of all, yeah. What once a lot you know of game time decisions? Yeah, right. Once you once you know the game time, to, that is just so absurd. I would just be watching for the guys that still have question marks around them: Zayvon Collins, Marco Wilson. Yeah. You know, I want to see Trey McBride do Williams, mm-hmm. Trey McBride do something. Yeah, and whether or not Kyler Murray's going to call plays again at this point, I don't think he should. I think he got a taste of it. I yeah. think Cliff Kingsbury needs reps in that area too. So, well, well done, <laughs> yeah. well done. Listen, I, I I happen to agree with that because I noticed that the last game when he was calling plays, the tone of it all seemed to shift from, oh, what a what a great teaching tool to, oh, this must be proof that this kid just doesn't study at all. Yeah, and um, so for the perception of the narrative, I'm not sure it's it, it's helpful to Kyler Murray to keep doing that. That's a very good point, Dan Bickley. Absolutely. All right, returning to our listener. What are they watching for in tomorrow's preseason game against Tennessee? Frank Lopez says, same as every preseason, I want to see which guys stand out and perform like it is their personal Super Bowl. Who wants to be on this team or any other team who will have them? He says, rumble, young man, rumble. I like that. Uh... Bush League Chef says, I just hope Garth Brooks is performing at a halftime so Cliff Kingsbury can rock out while Kyler Murray game plans the play calling for the second half. Uh, and then Apache Jedi Bear. We love hearing from you, Apache Jedi Bear. He says, preseason is for the birds. Get it? For the Got birds. <laughs> for the birds. Okay. I'll throw Andy Isabella on there, too. Sure. Oh, yeah. And Greg, Absolutely. And Greg Dorch. What, what a Dorch. All right, let's go on to uh, a conversation we were having earlier in the show. You revisited what Derek Hall, the D-backs president and CEO, said on our show yesterday. He said that at the end of this year, the front office will have to get together and decide the fate of Tori Lovello as their manager. And you guys pointed out just it's kind of unfair that he was able to stick around through all of the trash seasons. But now as there's some upward trajectory finally and some hope for the future, he may not be able to stick around to reap those rewards. So with that said, open-ended question, which coach or manager in the history of Valley sports got the worst raw deal of them all? Ooh. And we have some options. Raw deal. We do have some options. 
I mean, Bob Brenly won a World Series and then was shown the door three years, not even three full years later. That's up there. A couple of ASU coaches come to mind. The guy we had on the radio, Dave McGinnis, some of the teams that he were given and expected to compete with was laughable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe Bugle was showing progress. The team was improving when he was fired. I think he was fired a year too late. Um, there's some good ones out there. Wanna, yeah. Did you say Alvin Gentry? Alvin Gentry, yes, because he was schemed against, basically, I by, think, by one of his assistants. <laughs> I think uh, Jeff Hornacek and Alvin Gentry probably tie for the most responses okay. from our listeners. Uh, a lot of Wally Backman. A lot of Wally Backman. Um, you get a raw deal. I think it's a joke. Oh, okay. A lot of people. Uh, Ralph Amsden, friend of us, friend of the show, says, hear me out. Herm Edwards. He was told he would not have to coach offense, defense, use social media, or lead recruiting efforts. <laughs> he accepted a job. What was he going to come do? Just do interviews? I, what, what Pro model? I don't know. <laughs> he accepted a job with an OC slash DC in place that left immediately. On some level, he is taking criticism for making the best, question mark, of a situation that never made sense. Yeah, that's, that's what do you guys thought. think about that? That's interesting. That's I'm not. I'm not going to. I'll You're say not that there. maybe the guy that preceded him, Todd Graham, got kind of a raw deal. Yep, he got some replies as well. Frank Cush got a raw deal. How about Bob Melvin? Bob Melvin's up there. Yeah, we've gone through nearly every coach and every team. All of them. Every <laughs> one of them. Chris in Phoenix says, Bob Melvin, it's not particularly close. John I remember McLeod. the media being outraged at the time and Dave Burns being mad at the press conference. At which Is that one? True? Which? Uh, at Bob Melvin's firing? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Uh, and Steve Wilkes got three or four Look, mentions as you well. You can make an argument for Steve Wilkes based just solely on the length of the tenure. He got yes. one year. And Josh Rosen. And, and, was that team equipped to win for any coach? No, Where but was? he got let go because he could not generate enough faith from the, the powers that be with the Cardinals that he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Let's move on to our next question. Tomorrow morning, we have college football at 9 a.m. Arizona time. Northwestern and Nebraska are facing off in the newest uh, part of the Big Ten footprint, Dublin, Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) So that begs the question, what is your favorite time of day to watch football? Are you a big morning football watcher? And this is on television specifically, not attending a game. You like watching in the morning? You like watching in the afternoon? Or you like the night games? Um, For me, it's morning. I like it. Uh, Jarrett said it perfectly early in the show. Early in the season for college football especially, but also for the NFL. You don't have to wait until past 10 o'clock to see football. That's cool. I agree with that. So I, I, yeah. And as the day goes on, I get more and more sick of football, depending on what the schedule is. So I I like to get it out of the way early. Yeah. No, I agree with that. There's something comforting, sorry, Vic, about rolling out to the couch, cup of coffee in hand, and just putting on college game day. Even if you don't really care, it's good ambient noise. Yes, it is. And then you can make decisions on what you'll watch based off of that. I love that. I'm completely vibing on what you're saying. 
and I like it better too because because uh, Sundays are such a all encompassing NFL football day. Yeah, I kind of like to get the college football out of the way, be productive, and then go full immersion on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it's like morning with college game day, and then circle back around at you know seven o'clock when usually the Pac-12 games are going. Um, so it's it's a little sandwich for me. Yeah. It's really cool in Hawaii, like at the beginning of the year when you get to seven o'clock kickoff. Yes, in the morning. Yes. 44% of our voters are big afternoon football watchers. 35% like the morning, only 21% like the night. Wow, that works out great. Well, it's true. The, the afternoon ones are usually the best kickoffs. Yeah. Uh, or the best matchups. Yeah. The morning ones, we usually get like Nebraska against Northwestern. And you, made, <laughs> you right. started this off by making the joke about the footprint. Yeah. Uh, from like Rutgers to Dublin, Ireland yeah. is essentially no further than from Rutgers to USC or UCLA. Wow. It's like a couple hundred miles difference. That's wild. That is crazy. A quick update on Mock My World. Yesterday, we drafted the best things of or about the 90s in honor of the uh, 92-93 Suns throwback jerseys that were revealed earlier this week. It is 37% of the vote for Vince Morata's squad. The internet. That's garbage. Seinfeld. That's garbage. Sega Genesis and Baywatch. Jarrett Carlin, you're in second right now with 26%. Bick, you're not too far behind. No, I, I, listen, that, that's a joke. But I, but I was warned that I was my team was not going to do well because Phoenix fans do not like Michael Jordan. So, I mean, mm, it, it, you're doing not bad, though. I'm doing bad. Yeah, yeah, my, doing my bad. team's a powerhouse. It's a joke <laughs> that I'm not running away with this. It is a joke. <laughs> I feel the same about Maybe my Maybe your team's got I bad thought, chemistry. I thought... <laughs> the I, Hannibal Lecter pick at the end? You kidding me? I thought, it was a serial killer. I thought I was going to win. I think we all underestimated. We all we were going to win. Our, we all underestimated the demographic of our audience that would vote for the internet and Baywatch for some reason. Oh, interesting. Yeah, what are you getting at there, Jarrett? Uh, 26% of the vote for Jarrett, Grunge Music, The Simpsons, Game Boy, NBA Jam. 24% for Bix Team, Michael Jordan's Bulls, <laughs> West Coast Rap, College Basketball, and Hannibal Lecter. I took the 92 Dream Team, Beanie Babies, Fresh Prince, and the Spice Girls. My gosh! Okay, they're all good teams. And what okay. was your percentage? You left that out, Oh, Oh, okay. I thought they were all good teams, too. And we could have had about 20 more good teams in that draft. Right. Thank you, Sarah. That's Social Studies every morning at 9 o'clock. Coming up next is Tori Lovello Long for the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll get into that more next. Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Pickley and Murata. Pickley and Murata Mornings. I'm not sure where that came from, to be completely honest with you. Um, and, and Mike and I talk, you know, all the time about uh, about future of, of scouts, future of coaches, future of Tory. You know, I, I've said to you guys over and over, I'm a I'm a big Tory fan, and obviously Mike is too. They have that history, and Tory and his coaching staff have done a tremendous job. We made changes with the coaching staff in the offseason. I think they've proven to be impactful changes. Um, but you know, you you obviously at the end of this year, we're going to have a decision to make, and. You know, this is a it's a tough time for this ball club because the schedule is so tough. So you don't want to say, "Up, it's going to come down to this final month." That's not the case at all. I mean, we we've enjoyed what Tory has done, especially this year, and it's a decision that we'll make at the end of the year on on his future. But I'll tell you this, and you guys you, you guys know this. The great thing about Tory Lovello is he doesn't care, right? He's not worrying about it. It doesn't impact anything he does. He's not insecure. He doesn't bring it up. And, and I love that he's just 
a total pro and goes out there and continues to do his job and, and wants this team to get better and better. And we're, we've seen those results. It's Derek Hall, president and CEO of the Diamondbacks, on our show yesterday on uh, uh, you know responding to something that was written by Bob Nightingale about uh, Tori Lovello's future with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Nightingale suggested that the front office of the Diamondbacks had suggested to the ownership of the Diamondbacks, hey, Tori needs a contract extension. And there was some resistance there leading to the question. Um, and it made us wonder about the, the long-term future of Tori Lovello as the manager Indeed. of the Diamondbacks. Indeed. Uh, first of all, because Bob Nightingale is a very seasoned, a very respective, a very good baseball reporter with a lot of contacts. And that was a very detailed paragraph that he wrote about how front office recommended an extension for Tori Lovello. And the ownership said, not yet, not happening, whatever. And Derek Hall's answer right there is in perfect um, symmetry with what Bob Nightingale wrote. You could hear what Derek Hall thinks of Tori Lovello in that answer. So you wonder why is he going into another offseason mm-hmm. without a contract? Uh, and I, th- I think the answer is I think the owner might um, want to change, what, might want a different voice at the top of the organization. And I started thinking about this. You thought about Gonzo's quotes on that Sunday afternoon game in San Diego um, where he had mentioned the lack of fire and urgency that the team was displaying, which he found to be kind of appalling. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, I, I tend to agree with him. I, I think there's a feeling that that the, the vets might be tuning Tory out, that um, for whatever reason, he, he might be reaching the young guys now, but if the older guys tune him out because of, as Sarah, the saccharine that sometimes comes with Tori Lovello, you know, that, that new age shtick of his, if you will, yeah. that eventually these young players are going to tune him out as well. Uh, people have mentioned that Ken Griffey Jr. would be a great replacement. I, I didn't even know Ken Griffey Jr. wanted to be a manager. Neither did I. Where did that come from? I just uh, drew a couple of responses on Twitter about it. And uh, I think he's in the ownership group with the Mariners, but whatever. I, I, I'm curious to see where this Why goes. Why not just get Babe Ruth? You could do that. <laughs> Connie Mack, Leo DeRocher, John McGraw. <laughs> yeah, him too. Earl Weaver. So to me, I think the uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting because if if this were the case last year, there were Tori Lovello's perception among Diamondbacks fans this time last year was significant wor- significantly worse than it is now. And if it, I, there's people who are who seem to be rallying around Tori in light of Bob Nightingale's report, so I'm curious I'm curious exactly where this thing is going to go and how it's going to be perceived. Yeah, I mean, what needs to happen for, for Tori Lovello to get a contract extension? Is it fait accompli at this point? I mean, there's a, lo- there's a lot of uncertainty there, mm-hmm. certainly. Uh, we don't do this a lot, but we're going to do it now. Uh, we're going to shift gears completely from, from baseball to basketball. It's fine. We played Monty Williams earlier in the show, the, uh, the, the soundbite from him talking about his relationship with DeAndre Ayton from Sirius XM NBA Radio. Uh, we just uh, got uh, our hands on another soundbite from that same interview. Uh, I haven't heard this yet, so we'll, we'll Here listen, we go. We'll listen to right. it together for the first time. From that same interview, Monty Williams sharing his thoughts on Sirius XM NBA radio about the Kevin Durant to Phoenix rumors. I never talked to any of our guys about that. Uh, mm-hmm. One, people don't understand how hard trades are to pull off. And when I first heard about the Kevin Durant stuff, I was kind of blown away by it just because, you know, we've been so blessed here to have guys who want to come. At the same time, 
at the expense of what was my thinking. And I like our team. I love our guys. But I wasn't going to have conversations that didn't need to be had. I think our guys are mature enough to understand that part of our business. Um, and so I didn't want to have conversations about stuff that didn't need to be brought up. And, and part of it is because I've been in the business so long. It's just hard to pull trades off, you know. And so that was my thinking. It is, I mean, he's right. Monty Williams is right there. And I think from, from a head coach standpoint, that's the right stance to take. Uh, mm-hmm. You're not going to go that far down the road not knowing maybe exactly what's going on behind the scenes. Or maybe he did. I don't know. But you don't want to have your converse- conversations with, with players like that. I think if you're Monty Williams, you sit back and you kind of pat yourself on the back and say, look, I've created something here. I've had a hand in creating something here that's attractive to one of the top players in the on the planet that he wants to be a part of this. Yeah. That's a pretty cool thing. Now, does it lead to anything? No. Will it lead to something down the road? Still, that possibility is out there, but that's the way I would view it if I was Monty Williams. Well, and I, and I think Monty Williams is dealing with this the proper way because you, you can't go overboard being an advocate for it because if it does doesn't happen, then you've got to re-rally the guys oh, that you have. Absolutely, you know. So you gotta, gotta, you gotta play it right down the middle, and and take that tack that it's very hard to do these things. I'm sure deep down he's probably thinking, heck yeah. Well, and and he kind of hinted at it. He didn't really say as much, but there's a silver lining built in here. Was there pursuit? by the Suns to get Kevin Durant? To some level, yes, there was. It didn't happen. The silver lining is, oh, you're bringing back a 64-win team that had elite chemistry for most of the year except mm-hmm. when it mattered the most. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's, a hard one. That's a hard one to get over. It really we, is. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, Friday, 9.30, Sports Kebab Time with Jared Carlin. We'll do it straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Here we go. Final half hour of the show on this Friday here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Thank you all so much for tuning in, regardless of what you're up to this morning. We're going to ArizonaSports.com now for today's poll question. Dan Vince, how many games will ASU football win this season? They will win more than eight games. They'll win seven to eight games. They'll win five to six games. Or they will win fewer than five games. There we go. (laughs) Jarrett Carlin thought the show was over already. Yeah, Jarrett... Still have 30 more minutes. Sense, I was entranced by by. I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> I'm not going the Stuart Mandel route, and I can't go less than five. I'm, I'm actually. Uh, forgive me for being optimistic. Oh, five to six. I don't think that's that that optimistic. Okay. I thought you were going to say it's more than three. More. <laughs> yeah. yeah, less than five for me. Okay. Yep, that's what our listeners think too. Seventy-four percent say less than five wins wow. for ASU. Five to six wins gets seventeen percent of the vote. Seven to eight wins gets seven percent of the vote. And congratulations to the two percent who are already drunk this morning who voted for more than eight. <laughs> you might have to apologize after this. What, what was the last year where the expectations were this low going into a season? Uh, never. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. And. and recent 
years. I followed this program for. I followed this program for, for my whole life, <laughs> and I've never. Um, yeah, I don't remember it ever being this low. Well, there you go. Yeah. You young whippersnappers don't know hard. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what that That's was. Today's Sanderson right, Ford nice. poll question nice. on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. We all see the finish line. So bring me my suspenders. Don't you have some dirty jokes to go tell? It's oh, sure. Your mic works now, Jared. That was a sports kebab. <laughs> Clown, right. make us laugh. You got it. This is the sports kebab, and I gotta start off by telling you guys. Unfortunately, this is going to be kind of an odd sports kebab because I was forced to revise the entire thing minutes before going on air. After our program director said that my 14 jokes about South Carolina's new mascot were inappropriate. <laughs> the commander, the commander. About what? I don't know what he didn't like about that. So you got blocked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, top that clown! <laughs> anyway, that was some. That was something else. The yeah. Uh, but instead, let me start off by thanking everyone for the birthday wishes over the last week. Uh, one week ago, I, of course, on the show, I was talking about my birthday. There must have been dozens of fans and listeners on Twitter, on Facebook, out in public, who on my birthday thoughtfully. Emotionally and with all their heart, told me to shut up. <laughs> Such a nice sentiment to have. But I had a great weekend celebrating. Went to a very fancy restaurant with my wife, and the night mostly went well. I mean, we're having a great time, very romantic, you know, candles, flowers, gourmet food, and then all of a sudden, end of the night in the restaurant during my birthday toast, she gets embarrassed when I drink the champagne using a hot dog straw. (laughs) I don't get why she was mad about ask any sommelier. The only way to get the most out of these dry-aged champagne grapes is to add the processed bologna flavor, only available. In a hot dog straw. Now, of course, I'm referring to the viral video where a Yankee fan hollowed out a hot dog, stuck it in his beer, and then used it to drink like a straw. Now, to be fair to this guy, when it comes to a New York ballpark hot dog, the FDA does recommend that the only way to safely eat it is by sterilizing it in alcohol first. <laughs> but the response to the video has been crazy. I mean, I haven't seen a reaction to something in the Yankee stands that crazy since Susan Waldman saw Clemens in Steinbrenner's booth. <laughs> Seriously, it's the most controversial thing to happen to something shaped like a sausage with the Yankees since Don Zimmer was thrown to the ground. Yeah. Sausage man. Now, it's not all bad news in New York, though, because despite an off-season of drama, Kevin Durant is coming back to the Nets. Yeah, this really is the perfect story for a Brooklyn millennial. You know, he has all these big plans and thinks he's owed everything, and then he just ends up moving back home after all this. (laughs) It's amazing, though, that after all this, he comes back, right? Think of all the negative things that happened. Not only was there a trade demand, not only did he call 
for his coach and GM's job, but perhaps most egregious, he stole Vince Mc- Vince Murata's brand as Mr. Miserable. Oh, <laughs> I almost called Shut up, Jared. <laughs> you almost called me Vince, Vince McMahon. McMahon. I did. <laughs> but to set an ultimatum and not get any part of it, that's got to be humbling, right? I mean, think about it. The Nets told Durant, the earth does not revolve around you. Then Kyrie Irving told Durant, the earth does not revolve. <laughs> Period. Yeah. So the Nets super team will return, as will the Lakers super team, though the Lakers did make some interesting offseason moves. Yeah, I mean, Thomas Bryant should really give them a shot in the arm, and Patrick Beverly should really give them a push in the back. <laughs> But elsewhere in the NBA, uh, boy, this is sad news. Number two overall draft pick Chet Holmgren hurt his foot and will miss the season. What a thing. I mean, on the one hand, you feel terrible because of the devastating blow to a player who worked his entire life to get to this point, whose dream is being stolen from him weeks before it's realized, and who now has to rehab all year just to get back. But on the other hand, his name is Chet. So, I mean, how bad can you really feel for this? <laughs> Speaking of people just out of college, big news with the announcement that there will be a $10,000 of loan forgiveness. Now, while ten k per student may not seem like a lot, it does add up. For example... Philip Rivers' kids alone will be saving $650,000. Staying in the NFL, Amazon debuted their coverage with a preseason game this week. And while I like the idea of games appearing on streaming services like Amazon Prime, it can be a little confusing. I mean, I tried to put on the game, and 10 minutes in, I'm complimenting how fast-paced the broadcast is, how colorful the picture is. Then I realized I was watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> now, now, to be fair, I should have realized sooner because I didn't remember the 49ers signing Tony Shaloub. <laughs> Shaloub. It's not the first time that something like this has happened to me either. I was watching the HBO app. I thought I was watching a real sports interview with Jerry Jones. Turns out it was actually the dragon from the new Game of Thrones show. <laughs> that'll, that'll happen. And finally, the dramatic off-season of life in the desert continues for J.J. Watt. The poor guy keeps getting spooked for no reason. First, earlier in the summer, he thought he saw a scorpion, but it turned out to be nothing. Then, he thought he had a rattlesnake in his house. Turned out to just be a harmless garden snake and just this week he had another run-in where he was convinced that a mouse infested his living room but again Watt was left embarrassed when an exterminator came to his home to get the mouse and found it was merely a homeless and hungry rat Leon looking for shelter. You poor guy. Wow. The return of rat Rat Leon. Leon. Alternate punchline. When he turned, it was a recently retired Mike Krzyzewski looking for... (laughs) (laughs) Got one more? No, No, that's it. Just two. (laughs) What was the uh, reference to the bologna flavor uh, there was the, the hot dog straw. Yeah. Damn yeah, the champagne. There was a there was a phrase though that might be a good uh, a good band name. Ooh. Something baloney flavor. <laughs> it was processed baloney. There flavor. you go. <laughs> processed baloney. Maybe, maybe not the best. Mm. Yeah. 
Ah, there you go. There's the Sports Kebab with Jared Carlin. Every Friday at 9.30, you can follow Jared on Twitter at JaredGC. Um, Coming up next, some final thoughts as we head off into the weekend, the football weekend that is ahead of us. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata, Song of the Day. It's all right, Jared. My man Vinny's got you covered. You know what happened with the You're a scared coward, Jared. To quote Mike Tyson, you are a scared coward. We're getting in trouble, not you guys. Okay, the new show on the board. Look at your eyes. The new Mike Tyson show is out on Hulu. You guys watched it yet? I have not. I don't want Mike Tyson to be mad at me for watching it, so I'm going to stay away from that. I've seen commercials for it. I don't think the guy looks particularly like doesn't or sounds particularly like. Mike Tyson. Well, certainly not like I do. Don't you dare. Don't stop it. Oh, yeah, Vander. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) By the way, today's song of the day, next episode by Dr. J featuring Snoop. A shameless attempt by Dan Bickley to garner some late votes for his Mock My World team from yesterday. He was very upset about the outcome. I think you you made the mistake of just going West Coast rap instead of just gangster rap in general because you took him Completely out, like Notorious B.I.G. I don't like East Coast rap. I'm I, Puff I, Daddy. I, yeah. I'm Tupac for life, man. That's Come right. on. I know. It's the... <laughs> oh boy, this is not the best song. The it's the four, when, it's the eight seconds the, of silence. I will never forget. For the when record, the, Bickley picked this. When the intro to the song started, the look on your, the sheer terror. <laughs> well, for this. Just from some little for, piano keys. For this song, you need to pick radio edit instead of just clean. Because that would be the one and only D-O-double-G. You know, they actually have words that. I'm getting nervous now. Yeah, turn it off. Yeah, yeah, let's just turn it off. That's good. Pandering for Mock My World votes ain't that important. (laughs) Today's song of the day. Murata going off the the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. All right, we got a daily dose of Vinny Joe trivia for you. Your Bickley blast today was about Paul Goldschmidt, his pursuit of the Triple Crown in the National League. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last guy, as we pointed out, to win the Triple Crown in the National League was 1937, Joe Medwick of the St. Louis Cardinals. Can you name everybody who's won a Triple Crown in the American League since 1937? Okay, Miguel Cabrera. Yes. Carl Yastrzemski. Carl Yastrzemski. Yes. Three more. Mm. Hold on. We can, we can figure this out. Come on, Jarrett. You're I good at baseball. Yeah, this, but see, it's going too far back for me. Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle has won. 1956. Uh, did Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson did it wow, in 1966. Look at, this. look at this guy. And now you got uh, What's one What's the other more. year? What's the year? This will give it away okay. if I say. Really? He That's he interesting. It, he, he did it twice. 42 and 47. I don't know. Babe Ruth? No. He was dead, dead by, he was dead by Lou then. Lou Gehrig? 
No, he was dead. He by was then dead too. by then too. He put, well, who, but he probably had beer through a hot then? dog straw. I bet you. Oh, I bet you uh, Babe Ruth did. Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Ah, of course. Man, 19, I didn't think of him as the home of run hitter. Of course. 1942 and 1947 won the triple crown. And he, he flied planes. Flew planes. Flied. He flew planes in World War Two. He flown them. <laughs> was he in Korea also? <laughs> yeah, he was so in two, He was in two wars. <laughs> I gotta say this. Uh-huh. I don't know if Jarrett and Bick, you're in as much as Sarah and I are on the corn kid. I can't oh, get no, enough the of the song. corn kid. I can kid. tell. You heard no, the song. It's not even the so- oh. I heard the song. I was going to play that the other day. I didn't. He's on Cameo now. Okay. And he did a cameo for what other college football team? The Cornhuskers. The Cornhuskers. It's Cornhusker football. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. Like Cone, this new basketball team has the juice. Have a fantastic season, Huskers. Go, 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 big win. You know what he gets for an 18-second cameo like that? 145 bucks. Wow, he'll buy a lot of cone. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Get your money, honey. 145 years. Jared, I had an ear of corn last night that was so perfect. Do you like corn on the cob, Jared? I love love particularly white... White corn on the cob, and I like it uh, crisp, not on the mushy side, on the crisp side. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's got yeah, a crunch. When you put ketchup on it, it, doesn't, it. doesn't need anything on it. Doesn't need anything on it, but maybe no a little garlic salt. Butter changes everything. Butter is good, but it doesn't need it. I disagree with that. Yeah, butter. corn on the cob needs some butter. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Need Maryland sweet silver corn. Over. Shut up, Jared. <laughs> Just one for the road. Shut up, Jared. That's going to do it for us today. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday morning. Thanks to Mike Jarecki and Dave McGinnis for joining us. Stick around. Wolf and Luke are up next. But as we do on Fridays, we leave you a little sampling of the week and wackiness. What a week. Yeah, what a, what a week we're having. My microphone is falling, and I can't. And it can't. Oh, Sarah has an ad for you at the end of the show. <laughs> Let me tell you about Camelback Medical Clinic real quick. One You'll get that microphone there. up, and we're getting no time. There has to be some value to having a team up and away in seclusion together. You know, roasting marshmallows at night. Telling ghost having stories. belching contests. Do you remember some of the great pranks back in the oh, day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Putting a dead skunk in a bag and throwing it in someone's bed. Getting a big pillowcase full of pennies and whipping somebody. Oh, wait, no, they're not supposed to do that. Hold so, on. Which position group are you most confident in? Most confident. Most confident in. Most confident. So you're saying, of those three, the most confident. The most <laughs> confident. Problematic. Problematic. <laughs> Lars Newtbar. Lars Newtbar. In the Newt bottom of Benji Gill. John Wooten. Sprinkles. The god of Warcraft. He's got a big face. Big butt. Doubles. Doubles. Balls. The Arizona Cardinals are playing a dangerous game. Awkward. Soups. Awkward. Barcelona. Ibiza. No, no, Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> Barcelona. No, he's in Ibiza. Oh, he was in Ibiza. The Travis Scott concert. We get to keep Mikhail! Kai 
Kyler Murray runs the offense better than Cliff Kingsbury does. Goldian. I was having a bad day. There wasn't it. There wasn't you. Oh, big stretch. Or the Ravens relied on their relentless preseason defensive pressure. Rob Baronis. Misty watercolor memories. Can I get a woot woot? Woot woot? Woot woot? The old stereotypes. Men like dinosaurs. Women be shopping. The ass dragons are on your face. Putting the hurl and hurler at Jonathan Heasley. Or Heavesley. In this oh. Case. oh! Puke. More vomit talk here on Bickley and Murata Morning. Dry Tortuga. I'm a sad man. Do you have a napkin? I have to wipe off this sarcasm. Len Dawson walked so that Joe Burrow could run. John Stockton sometimes. has the same handwriting as my mom. Do you think any Irish person has ever even eaten an ear of corn? Old pork party. Yes, please. I would like an invite. Is Kyler Murray's play calling versus the Ravens something or nothing? It's not nothing. I think it's definitely more something than nothing. I think it's more nothing than something. What do you think, Ferret? Yeah, do you want to break, break the, the tie? tie break the tie, Ferret? I think it could be something. It could be nothing. Who am I to say? Go to break, Jarrett. <laughs> go to break. You're the guy with all the buttons back there. Go to break. <laughs> Just shut off our bikes and go to break. <laughs>